You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 12 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line it's Tom Hiscott, of course, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, a bit sniffly, but yeah, nothing too bad. So yeah, um, yeah, enjoy, enjoying the football season and, and all it's got to give. So yeah, not doing too bad yourself. Are you? Uh, have you been standing? Well, I'm a bit worried about you. You've been standing around um, in the, you know, in in fields watching football in the pouring rain. <laughs> I wish I wish I could say yes, but no, unfortunately not. But um, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit, as I say, a little bit of a cold, but nothing, nothing too bad. Well, I have. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't actually wasn't the pouring rain, um, but I did manage to catch the second half of Corsham Town uh, against um, Radstock Town, which was, um, um, of course, on Saturday, which was non-league day, which um, we should all celebrate. I think probably we all got a bit heady with the whole ground hop, and um, uh, you know they're like these, you know, these showcase events are a little bit like buses, aren't you? You wait all season, and then two come along at once. So. Um, but but uh, I think that certainly the, the whole of the non-league footballing world was basking in the reflective glory of non-league day. I'm not entirely sure, uh, as I say, I think because so many of our clubs had been involved in the groundhop. I don't know whether they necessarily had the stomach to go again. But um, Radstock against um, uh, Caution probably won't be a game that we're covering on tonight's podcast on the grounds that it was nil all. And um, really the only winner was the weather, I would have said. It was just very, very blustery. Very pleasant ground, um, the South Bank. Um, but um, uh, great facilities, um, but um, yeah, not a great deal to see there in in, in terms of um, in terms of the football on offer. Um, but we will be hearing on tonight's podcast from Tony Beecham, the manager of Cribs, who had a fantastic win in the Vars, and um, we'll be having a look at uh, the Vars, of course, uh, later in this episode. And we will be also talking to Ben Redford, the joint manager at uh, at Carn Town, uh, who uh, they had a good win as well at the weekend. So we'll be having a chat with Ben. Uh, and finally, we'll be wrapping up this edition of the podcast um, with, uh, with a chat with uh, Connor Ogilvie-Davidson, the marketing officer at the Somerset Football Association, because it's that time of the year again, listeners. It is time for the grassroots survey. Now, I know that um, surveys and uh, talking to the Football Association are not necessarily things that get the blood going, particularly on the Western League podcast. But, of course, if you don't complain about it, you can't change it. And the grassroots survey has traditionally been one of those opportunities for us to tell the powers that be what we think of the game. And it was very much with that in mind that I spoke um, to Connor um, to get his thoughts on um, not only what... Uh, the survey's all about, but also how the FA have taken on board the feedback that they've been getting over recent years. So hopefully you'll bear with us right to the right to the bitter end of this edition of the podcast. Um, but without any further ado, we will we will take a look at the fixtures um, uh, starting on Tuesday, the 9th of October. I say starting on Tuesday, the 9th of October. We were going to move directly to. Um, the FARS games on Saturday the 13th, but there, there were a couple of Somerset FA Premier Cup games that caught your eye, Tom. Well, I mean, yeah, there's quite a lot of, uh, yeah, cup action midweek. There's no league games uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday last week, but, um, yeah, plenty of uh, first-round fixtures uh, in the Gloucester's Trophy and then also, yeah, the Somerset Premier Cup, as you mentioned. And there was a couple of results that just sort of caught my eye. Plenty of penalty shootouts, which was good to see. Um, yeah, and but I think on Tuesday we had Portishead obviously having a really tough season in the league, uh, but they got a 4-1 win away at Odd Down, so hopefully that gives them a little bit of a boost. Um, on Tuesday evening they, they yeah they they gained that win, and then on Wednesday I think uh, a pretty uh, 
brilliant result for uh, for Welton Rovers. Uh, one or draw away at Larkhall, obviously um, higher higher level opposition away from home, uh, and they managed to win on on penalties. Uh, Tom Druitt uh, doing well in in, in the net. Uh, for Welton and um, yeah booking them uh, spot in the next round so yeah a couple of uh, good good cut fixtures going on there and good victories for our side well, with that, uh, we'll move on to Saturday the 3rd of October. And really, the, the, the big talking point um, for the day was going to be our sides involved in the FA Vars. It was the first round of that competition. And uh, I'm sorry to say that only, only four of our member sides um, managed to progress uh, through in the competition. The first of whom was Cribs, and they had a good win away from home, Tom. Yeah, really good win. Uh, Brimscombe's up doing pretty well, I think, this season. Uh, so for Cribs to, to go there and win 3-2, uh, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, so that, I think they went ahead twice uh, in the first half before being clawed back by by their host. And it was Ben Dowdle and uh, Sol Wanjal Smith. Uh, Wanjal Smith scoring pretty early on uh, before, yeah, uh, Dowdle got his first of the afternoon. Uh, and then it was Dowdle's second uh, in the second half that uh, led Cribs to the 3-2 win. So, yeah, booking their spot in the next round. So, uh, yeah, really good result for them. Yeah, very exciting, um, for a great result as well for Cribs, and um, that was all the excuse I needed to have a chat with Cribs manager Tony Beecham. Cribs, of course, had had a good result the week before in the ground hop, but um, we waited a week, we kept our powder dry, and I'm glad we did. And I started by asking Tony uh, what he knew about Brinscombe and Thrupp before Saturday's FA Vars game. We had a we had a watched on uh, Wednesday evening against Longs Levens, um, so we had a bit of info on them, um, and we also played them last year uh, in the in the local GFA Trophy, which they beat us. So it was always nice to get a bit of info on them and, and go back and win the game. Really, um, they didn't make it easy for you, did they? No, they didn't. They're a, they're a very physical side. Um, they play in a certain way, uh, which we try to to stop them doing. Um, and if I'm quite honest, I, I personally think that we should have won the game more comfortably. Um, but as Cribs, as we do, we make life hard for ourselves and we let them back into the game on several occasions. But fortunate for us, we, uh, we managed to hang on in the end. You did, and of course you were in the hat for the draw. The draw has now taken place for the, for the next round of the, uh, of the Vars and you've, you've been drawn away from home at Newport on the Isle of Wight. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, obviously it'd be, it would have been nice to get a home draw, but uh, Newport Oil away, away, another away trip, um, and it's a trip into the unknown, really, and uh, we'll look forward to that. I've got a sneaking suspicion that um, Bradford Town played away at Newport Isle of Wight uh, in this competition last season. Of course, they um, um, they did triumph on that occasion. Um, so hopefully, the sort of um, you know, there's cause for optimism for the um, for the for the boat ride across the Solent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, um, we'll, we'll, we'll try and get a bit of info on them if we can. Whether I'm, where I'm going to get that from, I don't know, but we will try. But fingers crossed we can go there and uh, come away and be in the right uh, hat for the next round. Well, we, we, we could do with some luck because only four of the Western League clubs remain in the competition. I mean, do you think that says anything about the standard of football in our league compared to that uh, in the leagues at our level? No, not really. Our, our, our level, uh, Tool Station, is a very good league. Um, there's no easy games. Um, it's just a, luck, it's a cup game. It's the luck of the draw on the day. You know, teams can dominate the, from start to finish and lose 1-0. That's just football. So I don't think it's the, the standard, to be quite honest with you. 
Now, uh, let's talk about your start to the season. You, you're currently on a winning run of four wins on the spin. Uh, are you happy with the way that Cribs have started this season? No, unfortunately I'm not. Um, <laughs> we've, to be quite with you, we've, we've used 33 players um, in the games we've played so far, and that's not that's not good. That's not good. Obviously, everyone's got the same problem. But with holiday season and, and, and other arrangements, it was hard to put the same side out. And to be honest, I think Saturday was the first time all season that I put the same 11 out from the week before. So, like I said, hopefully we've turned that corner now with availability and we'll be looking to push up that table. Well, you're 15th um, at the moment. I mean, I take it, or well, you've just said that you're looking to push up the table. Did, did you have a target for where you were hoping the club would finish this season? Yeah, so I always give ourselves a target for a top 10 finish. We can finish in within then. Um, it's been a good season. Um, I've kept most of the players from last season, and I was looking to push on, really. If we can get into that top six or seven with those top teams, it would be an unbelievable season. But our, my aim's always to finish in that top 10. Uh, well, in that winning run of four games um, uh, came the uh, ca- came a match in uh, in the Groundhog Weekend. The opponents were Hengrove. You won that two one. But perhaps more importantly, uh, two hundred and twenty seven you got uh, for that game as an attendance. What sort of difference does that make to a club like Cribs? It makes a massive difference. Obviously, we weren't we didn't get many people to come and watch us every Saturday when we're at home. Obviously, we're lucky to get maybe 50, but to have 200-odd people there from the, for this ground lot was uh, excellent news for the club, and it, it, made it, it made it a very good atmosphere. So, yeah, very good for us. Well, if we have a look at your fixtures coming up, you've got, um, uh, you've got Shepton Mallet uh, on, um, on, on Saturday. They've not had a great start, but their form has picked up of late, so they won't make that easy for you, will they? No, definitely not. Um, they, they, like you said, they've been through a little bit of bad patch, the same as us. Um, hopefully we've gone past that now. Um, but Shepton's a, not, a hard place to go, and always will be. Um, so we'll be looking to obviously increase our form now and, and hopefully come back with three points Saturday. And as if that, uh, that wasn't enough, you've got an even more exciting um, November in store. You've got the likes of Bitten, Westbury and Willand um, coming up. Who do you think, uh, uh, who do you think is going to go well this season in the Premier Division? Who do you think that the t- who's going to be fighting it out at the top of the table? Obviously, Bitten will be up there. Um, they've got some good, good players there. They're Southern League players. Um, but I tipped Willand last year and I'm going to tip him again this year. Uh, Russell's got a great side down there. Um, and I, I believe that they'll win the league, Willand. And my thanks to Tony for his time. Now, another side that did well in the Vars at the weekend, they, they won, and they won big, it was Cadbury Heath. Yeah, another team, uh, yeah, good best spot, uh, passage through. Uh, Matt Huxley, uh, <laughs> been out a little bit recently, so his return uh, made an instant impact for, for Cadbury Heath. He scored a hat-trick on his return to the side. And yeah, pretty uh, comprehensive five 0 win for uh, Heath over Sydney. Uh, never really, never really in doubt this one. Uh, Huxley doing well either side of the break, and yeah, uh, pretty uh, five star performance from uh, from Heath, and they took their spot in the next round. And another side that did well. It's first division Cheddar, the Cheese Men, winning in extra time. Tom. Yeah, nothing, nothing much between the sides here. Uh, hosting Tottenham kneeling, and uh, yeah, after the. Nearly 120 minutes of uh, yeah, of goal, goalless action. Uh, Cheddar finally, finally got the goal, which um, yeah, saw them progress. And it was Adam Jones, second half of extra time, uh, a nail biting one 0 win. And yeah, uh, congratulations to to the Cheeseman, as you say. 
And finally, the, uh, the, the last of our sides to manage to progress in the, um, uh, in the FA Vars, it was always going to be one of these two sides because it was the, the only All-Western League affair between Odd Down and Willand Rovers. Yeah, indeed, and this one probably went with the, uh, the form, but uh, it was a slightly, and it was, yeah, Willand claiming a 4-1 win, doubling up on the uh, yeah, Odd Downs Cup defeats this week, unfortunately. Uh, Angus Wilson scoring twice for the away side, and there was also goals from Luke Mortimer, who's having a very good season, and then Brad Alston as well. Uh, yeah, and a pretty pretty easy win for, for Willand away at Odd Down, and they, yeah, they win 4-1. Well, I um, I know we normally do fixtures um, in the second half of the of the podcast, Tom. But um, it yeah. was the draw today for the second round of the FA Vars. And um, do you know who our sides have got? I'm just looking now, if I'm honest. I've right. Well, in that case, I you see this is. I know you normally do all the heavy lifting on the podcast, Tom. But I have done a bit of homework, so let me bask in my my moment of glory. <laughs> Cheddar have been drawn at home to AFC St Austell. Uh, which is given given what they did to Plymouth Parkway is um, is, a, is, a, is an awesome prospect, but they have to go to the Theatre of Cheese. So you know, let's just see let's just see how they cope with that. Uh, Cribs they um, they travel um, to Newport on the Isle of Wight, um, which um, you know across the, the the trip across the Solent, which is um, I think calculated per, per square nautical mile, is one of the most expensive waterways to cross in the world. Um, has been quite a fruitful crossing for, for sides in recent uh, seasons, particularly Bradford Town. Um, that one stands out in memory. Exmouth Town entertain uh, Cadbury Heath. And finally, Will and Rovers, they've earned themselves a home tie against Tavistock. So hopefully we've got a couple of home um, matches in there as well as um, some potentially winnable away games as well so hopefully we'll um, we'll see our sides progressing a little better in the second in the second round anyway we'll now move on to uh, premier division football and we'll start uh, with buckland athletic yeah and it was a, a tough afternoon for them but they did eventually come out uh, 4-2 winners at home to shortwood obviously shortwood uh, yeah probably looking uh, like a team that most most, most sides were fancy beaten, but it was, uh, yeah, the away side, 2-0 up after just 18 minutes. Bit of a bit of a shock score line at the time. Uh, Ryan Antel and then Andreas Alley uh, putting the visitors two goals ahead. Uh, but Buckland managed to fight back. Uh, goals in quick succession from Lloyd Gardner and then Charlie Hansen managed to level things up. Uh, with Richard Grove then scoring twice either side to break. Uh, to complete the, uh, complete the turnaround in here, Buckland uh, claiming the 4-2 win. And, of course, Buckland have announced that they have a new manager... Um, so, Director of Football Adam Castle can hopefully um, um, take a bit more of a breather at the weekend instead of, in, uh, instead of racking up the air miles. Um, the successor of Craig Duff is in place, and it is former Exeter City striker Richard Piers who will be taking over at, um, at Buckland. Now, moving on, um, Clevedon Town, they had a good away win. Yeah, they did. 2 uh, 0 away at Hengrove. Uh, I think they're, they're sneaking under the radar a little bit, Clevedon. Um, they're up in. Up into fourth spot, they've won seven of their nine league fixtures so far, and yeah, uh, the latest win uh, coming for, from an early goal from Jack Sell, and then Sid Camper late on, he's a really good player, and uh, yeah, bearing a long-range uh, free kick in, 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 in towards the end of the match, uh, and claiming a 2-0 win to Cleveland away at uh, now, the next fixture we're covering saw the biggest crowd in the league on uh, on Saturday. 127 people watching this game. Shepton Mallet, I thought, had turned a bit of a corner. I thought we were going to be seeing a bit of a resurgent Shepton, but they, they were handed a mauling um, by a rampant Bridgewater town. Yeah, 
Yeah, Bridgewater uh, moving top thanks to this win. Uh, 5-1 victory away from home. They really are uh, yeah, a team to watch when it comes to goals. Uh, scoring plenty at the moment. Uh, eight minutes in, uh, and they were ahead through Ian Bellinger. Uh, and then le- less than five minutes later, Jack Taylor, obviously top scorer, top scorer in the league, I think, so far this season. Uh, he made it 2-0. Uh, Shepton then managed to, to get back on, uh, get back into the fixture, uh, but Bridgewater pulled away very much in the second half. Taylor scoring a second uh, before uh, Harry Horton scored twice pretty late on. Uh, yeah, to confirm a 5-1 win, and yeah, as I say, help them move top on goal difference. And finally, and the, uh, the curse of the podcast is struck again, uh, this time... Clive Jones, of course, who we spoke to um, on last week's podcast, his Wellington team were undone at home by by Bradford Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Bradford, uh, under new new management themselves, Wayne Fawn, having taken over. He uh, previously did a really good job at Lark Hall uh, locally, uh, so I know him pretty well. And yeah, they had to come from behind there, Bradford, uh, in this one. But it was Dan Price and then substitute Jason Henley. Uh, helping them beat the uh, yeah the ten men of Wellington had a man sent off at one all so uh, yeah tough afternoon for Wellington but uh, Wayne Swan gets a winning start at Bradford. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now we move on to matters in the first division and um, we kick off with Carn Town who were in fantastic form at home to Portishead. Yes, obviously Carn uh, towards, towards the right end of the table, top end of the table uh, and Portishead uh, stuck at the bottom unfortunately and that was, yeah, pretty much uh, went with the form guys. A 5-0 win for Carn but it was uh, Stuart Windsor very much the star of the show for them. He scored four of his side's goals uh, in this one so yeah. Uh, continuing uh, a stellar season for him, and uh, yeah, a big win for Carl. Well, and and what an appropriate name to be getting in the headlines uh, when there's a royal wedding. Um, very much so. Uh, anyway, uh, well, that was um, all the excuse I needed to catch up with Ben Redford, who is of course um, part of the management duo at Carntown with um, with Clive McDade. And uh, I started off by asking Ben whether or not that five nil scoreline against Portishead did his side justice. Um, to be honest, I think it did, yeah. Um, I think it was a little bit harsh on Portishead, if I'm honest, because they've got some good players. I just think they lacked the quality in front of goal, which we didn't, and that's what's been a big improvement for us this year. Obviously, we've got Stuart Windsor, who's on fire, um, scored 11 and 10 now, so when you've got a player like that who's scoring goals, you're going to win games with big margins. I've got to ask you, has Stuart got a nickname in the dressing room with a name like Windsor, particularly in the week of a royal wedding, you would have thought that there'd be all sorts of possible connotations? Yeah, he's just known as Stuart from all the lads. Well, he did very well at the weekend, that's for sure. Now then, um, you're up to fifth in the league. You've won half of the ten games that you've played. Are you happy with that start? To be honest, yeah, if you asked me at the start of the season to get 17 points from the first ten games, um, we would have all been happy with that, but... The disappointing thing was the games we lost because we felt like we could have approached it better. It's, it was all individual errors or missed chances at the wrong times. And we've, we've lost some silly games, really, especially the two at home. I feel like they're the sort of games that we need to win if we want to be up and around uh, the top of the table. 
you talking? Well, we're both talking about you being up and around the top of the table. What were your targets for the start of this season then? The first target was to improve on last year. That, that was the main one. So finished 17th, I think, last year. So obviously to improve on that. But we sat down before the season kicked off with the players that we brought in. We want to be a top 10 side, really. So yeah, finishing the top half, anything above that, it will be a bonus. Now, obviously, you're, you're part of the managerial team along with Clyde McDade. Um, how does that relationship work? It's always interesting um, to have a chat with managers who are joint managers, and one of my favourite conversations happens not a million miles away from Carn in Westbury, where you've got Neil and Joe Kirkpatrick. So what's the dynamic between yourself and Clive? Is it good cop, bad cop? Um, that's what some people say. I'm not too sure about that, though. We get on well, we're good friends, speak every day, mainly about football. We disagree on a lot of things, but mostly agree on everything. We always come to a decision uh, together. Well, we've got Aaron Hopkins helping us out this year as well, and he's he's been a good good asset to the club. So, yeah, we get on well, all of us. Bicker now and again during the games, but that's going to happen. <laughs> now, you've got Chard up next. They've started the season very well. That won't be easy, will it? No, Chard's never easy. We're playing them home all the way, but we expect a tough test. I know they're going to be physical, um, start the season well. I believe they've got a new manager, so I don't know if he's brought any new players in. But, yeah, we know it's going to be a tough game. need to make sure everyone's ready for that one. And, uh, I mean, Chad, obviously, are up there at the moment. You've got Welton leading the, the table, and we've got teams like Canesham and, and Cheddar that are often talked about on the podcast as the teams to beat. Um, but who do you think is going to go well this season in the First Division? The First Division is, is a division that we always talk about, the sides. Anybody can beat anybody, and I think, if anything, over recent history, we've seen clubs come from perhaps nowhere, under the radar... Um, uh, and uh, they've put in a real promotion push. Now, that might even that might even be Khan, I don't know. But um, who do you think is going to go well this season? When I was asked to start the season, I, I've always said Cainsham. I feel like they were probably the best side last year. Um, gave it away at the end, they were unlucky. But, yeah, I wouldn't change my mind about that. Obviously, we haven't played Cheddar or Welton yet. Welton are uh, well the top now, so obviously they've got a good side together. I know they got Aaron Sevier back from us. He's got to score goals for them. So they're going to win a lot of games. Cheddar, they're going to be good, as always. But, yeah, I'd still say Kingsham. If I had to pick anyone, it'd be Kingsham. And one final question. I, I noticed a, a, a posting on, on social media at the weekend, um, and I think it may well have been on your account, Ben, um, and it related to the club support for um, prostate cancer uh, and, and, and awareness of, 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 of prostate, men's prostate cancer. Um, obviously, that's, um, that's a campaign that the club take very seriously. Yeah, obviously, since um, John Bowman was diagnosed with it, the club's been a big supporter of uh, the charity. We've had a few charity games, um, got posters all around the ground. Yeah, so we like to promote the charity, obviously, in, um, in memory of John, mainly. Yeah, it was a, a real loss, I think, to the entire Western League. Obviously, you must have felt it particularly at, um, at Calm, but John was always um, very... Um, um, supportive of um, certainly of me when I came to the when I came to your ground to do commentaries, and um, I think probably many people will um, will remember him and his hospitality and his good nature um, uh, for you know visiting sites in the Western League that have come to Khan. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was a great bloke. Um, he loved the club. He was always there. Um, that's what made it hard for everyone. Really, everyone was used to seeing him up there on Saturdays, happy. Um, doing the match report, speaking to all the players after. 
Obviously, so yeah, hit the club hard. He's a great bloke. Well, I mean, you're doing you're doing great things at the moment. It's been a great start to the to the league campaign. Um, hopefully, you can keep it up, and um, I look forward to catching up with you uh, with you later in the season, and we'll, we'll we'll see how that season is progressing. Cheers, Ian. And my thanks to Ben for his time. Uh, now then, um, Canesham Town. Um, we've been getting a bit of a mixed bag with them, haven't we, so far this season? But they were uh, in. Uh, they they did return to winning ways. Uh, at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, but only just uh, coming from 2-0 down uh, to beat Bishop's Lydiard at home. Uh, goals from Harry Miller and Ryan Brereton just after the hour mark. Uh, looked like it probably pushed uh, pushed Lydiard towards a pretty good away win. Uh, but Canesham uh, emptying the bench, uh, bringing on three fresh pair of legs and two of those made uh, made an impact. Daniel Spill and then Matt Long uh, each scoring uh, to level things up. Uh, and then with five minutes left on the clock, they managed to complete the turnaround. Michael Griss. Uh, he was the, the, the late hero for them. And, yeah, another win for, for Canesham. They seem to have picked it up at recent times. A 3-2 victory. And, yeah, they're now up to uh, six spots. So uh, things looking a bit rosier for uh, Canesham. And finally, we wrap up our look down into the... We, we wrap up our look at the first division uh, with the match at Warminster Town. Eight goals here. The visitors were charred. An absolute thriller, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, charred a 5-3 victory away from home. Uh, so pretty impressive from them there. Yeah, as I say, towards the top, they're now second. So doing really, really well. Uh, Nick Taylor had scored twice in the first half uh, for Warminster, but those goals were cancelled out uh, by Kieran Bailey and Tom Salter. Uh, ben Haynes then giving the, the visitors uh, their first lead of the afternoon uh, with Bailey and then uh, Jacob Manley adding to their advantage uh, to make it 5-2 before Jay Wright scored a late consolation uh, for Warminster. Obviously starting to let in a few goals, but uh, yeah, definitely... Definitely a fair few goals going around in the uh, in the first division at the moment. So yeah, a couple of good teams out there to watch. Bishop Sutton probably deserve a shout out on that front as well. But yeah, it was uh, in this one. It was Chardtown Town claiming a five-three win away at Warminster. So we'll have a look at uh, the fixtures coming up over the next week and uh, we've got Premier Division action on Wednesday the 17th of October when Plymouth Parkway take on Clevedon Town. That's a 7.45 kick-off. Um, but the, uh, the, the, well, the football in Erdis, we've got a full programme, haven't we, Tom, in the, in the Premier Division. Um, any fixtures in particular tickle your fancy? I think there was, yeah, probably a couple uh, some of the top sides. So Clevedon, obviously, who I mentioned earlier, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe won't be sneaking under the radar soon. Uh, really good start for them. They travelled to take on Bradford, obviously, a bit of a turbulent start, but under new, new stewardship of uh, Mr. Thorne, uh, as we mentioned uh, in that roundup. So that should be a, an interesting game. And then we've got uh, the free scoring Bridgewater, uh, plenty of goals for them uh, against another side who definitely aren't scared to, scared to attack in Roman glass. So that could be a fairly high score in that one. So, yeah, those are probably the two fixtures in the, the Premier Division that stood out most this weekend. And, of course, we, we can't forget the Clive Jones derby. Um, Clive's very own Wellington are at home to Will and Rovers, the club he lives about 200 yards away from. And um, uh, I'm sure that... Um, well, I hope, Will and, uh, hope Wellington give a good account of themselves, but we all know how good Will and are. So um, that will be um, a difficult day at the office there uh, for Clive, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, moving on to the First Division. And again, any, any, any matches here that particularly tickle your fancy? I think, the, yeah, the two that I've picked out, uh, we have Calm against Chard. Uh, both in the top five, both, uh, yeah, probably a little bit unfancied coming into the season, so uh, doing, doing better than expected. And then, obviously, Caution, uh, they travel to take on Canesham. Canesham, is it, is it just a, a short-term uh, 
return to form or is it, is it, is it showing signs of a long-term uh, thing? We'll find out on, on the weekend, I think, when they take on a caution side of a very tough to crack. So, um, yeah, that should, be, that should be a good contest down there. I've got a sneaking suspicion that Longwell Green Sports... I thought that they were going to do well this uh, this season. Perhaps they've not done quite as well as I thought they were going to. But um, that game with them at Cheddar that could be that could be an interesting one. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see on next week's podcast just whether I whether I'm right or not. That's the main body of work uh, done for another week. But um, uh, so, so now's a good time for me to introduce my interview with uh, Connor Ogilvy Davidson, of course, the marketing officer of um, uh, the Somerset Football Association. Now, it's that time of the year again, listeners. It's the Grassroots Survey. Now, the Grassroots Survey is administered by the Football Association, so it's not just something that goes on in Somerset. All of the counties across the Western League will be doing this survey and promoting it, and it's the opportunity of the non-league family to feed back on uh, what it thinks the FA's doing or could do better uh, to administer the grassroots game. So I've had a chat with Connor for the last couple of uh, seasons and I caught up with him again this season to, uh, to understand a little bit more about the, uh, the survey itself and, of course, what the Football Association do with the information that you provide them. So the annual grassroots uh, football survey is a survey that is centrally administered and run by the Football Association, but which is sort of... Um, disseminated and um, marketed through county football associations to allow everyone in the football family across the entire nation to have their say on the state of grassroots football as they see it. So who's it for and what subjects does it cover? So the survey is for basically absolutely everyone who is involved in football. So that ranges from, from players, coaches, referees, club and league officials, volunteers parents, spectators, absolutely anyone who has any involvement with grassroots football. And the questions that are asked of those various segments are relevant to their roles. So you're not going to get asked the same questions if you're a player as if you were a volunteer. So the, the survey is, is responsive to your role within football. Now, the survey has been running for three years. This is the fourth uh, year um, that uh, the survey has been out there. One of the key things about doing any survey is, of course, that people want to know that their time, the time that they spend to fill in the survey, has been, has been used wisely. So what feedback have you been able to get over the last couple of years that you've actually been able to take on board here? We appreciate absolutely every bit of feedback that we get from the football family from, from, this, um, from this survey. So quite often um, high on uh, the agenda of clubs, and players is, of course, the, the state of pitches and facilities. So on the base of the last year's grassroots football survey, we actually had several funding pots that weren't just coming down from the FA, that, but that we ourselves at Somerset FA um, paid for and administered. So they ranged from um, money for mini soccer teams all the way up to male um, adult team generation funds that, that, that we put forward ourselves. We're also trialling a new flexible football league this season based on feedback from last in Western Supermare, which is a 9v9 format and the teams entered in the league can decide between themselves um, when is convenient to play. So that, that, um, that came off of lots of feedback from um, ex-players and people still involved in the game that actually there's not enough flexibility in the current league system and that they would like to be able to play not necessarily on your traditional Saturday afternoon or a Sunday morning. So that's that's another initiative that we're trialling this season based on feedback from last. 
Now, one of the things that I've been talking about recently to a number of people involved in the in the game is um, the challenges with with bureaucracy, the challenges with administering to um, to a, a football side, um, not just the sort of the match day admin, but also you know player registration and things like that. And of course, one of the things that seems to bind all this together is that is the whole game system. Now, um, from memory, last time um, uh, I completed the uh, grassroots survey, there was a couple of questions about whole game. So, for people who are listening to this, who who have some thoughts about how the game is administered, perhaps specifically, we'll, we'll use the specific example of the whole game system. Is there a is there a way that they can feedback their opinion um, about whole game uh, into into this FA consultation? Absolutely. So there are there are, as you say, specific questions depending on your role within football that will ask you questions about whole game system, how you feel about it, um, how well um, you think both it works and the support that you're offered. And of course, at the end of the survey for absolutely everyone, there is kind of a um, for want of a better term, a mop-up question where you're able to to put forward sort of anything else or any other suggestions that that you may have. We also do hope that if a uh, a club or a coach or a manager was having an issue with whole game system that of course our governance department are here five days a week that they would also get um, get in contact with us if they were having issues now based on last year's grassroots football survey and our own more detailed um, county um, consultation that we undertook we actually um, collected data from people involved in clubs and leagues as to what specific type of support they would like for home game system and when they would like it. So we asked, for instance, would you like guides available on the website? Would you like one-to-one support? Would you like one-to-one support in the evening during the weekday or at the weekend or specific match day support? And we took all of that data that we got from about about 250 people and we last season and we'll also run it this season we ran specific out of hours support for people involved in clubs and leagues with regards specifically to to whole game system but of course if anyone is having an issue our governance department are here five days a week and we are fully empathetic of the issues that these um, computer systems sometimes experience particularly at peak times so this is a survey that's going on for how long it's going on until November the 5th, so it launched on October the 5th. It is running for one month until November the 5th. It's available to be filled out um, both on the, the FA's website but more easily on the Somerset FA website. If anyone were just to go to www.somersetfa.com, Somerset FA, one word, you can read a bit about the survey and then there is a link to complete it down at the bottom. If, of course, there is someone listening who does not want to complete it, Um, with a computer or is unable to Um, if you would like to phone us um, here in the county office we would be more than happy to help you fill it in in another way even if even if it's a case of us filling it in for you across the phone reading you the questions and typing in your typing in your um, your responses we would we would like um, feedback from absolutely anyone so don't let the fact that it's an online survey um, stop you from being able to fill it in and because it's nationally administered, actually, wherever you're listening to this interview, uh, if you're in Wiltshire or Gloucestershire or, or Devon, um, the, um, your count, the county FAs there will also have a link to the, to the grassroots survey as well. 
Yes, absolutely. It's a survey that's being supported quite heavily by every county FA. It should be in the um, in the news section, so every county FA um, has a has a news tab along the top. It should be in there, the link to complete it. But even if you complete it via the Somerset website, you can still assign your responses if you are from, say, a club in Wiltshire or Gloucestershire, as you say, because it is a nationally administered survey. So the link from the Somerset website is exactly the same link as that from Gloucestershire or Devon. And you just... Um, there's a question which asks which which is your parent county FA and when you choose from the drop down list that's who your responses are assigned to and that's who they get that's who they eventually get fed back to once they've been to the FA and my thanks to Connor for his time now then Tom I know you love a stat and uh, I see in your bulletin this week that um, that we have a page dedicated to the Western League statistical leaders um, which is otherwise otherwise known as goal scorers in old currency. So do you want to take yeah. us through the runners and the riders? Indeed. So, yeah, obviously early days, but I thought it was about time we maybe gave some of these uh, yeah, goal scorers their due. Uh, so in the Premier Division, uh, sort of leading scorers at the moment, Jack Taylor. Uh, he's had a couple of big, big, big scoring games. So he's on 12 uh, league goals so far for Bridgewater. And then we've got a couple of players uh, on, on nine. We've got Ryan Radford on nine. And then, sorry, yeah, Luke Mortimer on eight. Uh, in the first division, Stuart Windsor obviously propped up by his uh, four goals on the weekend. He's leading the way. Uh, he's got ten for Carn so far in the league this season. And then we've got Welton, the top of the table, one of the main men. Uh, behind that has been Aaron Sevier. He's on nine. Uh, so then in yeah, in, in all competitions, Taylor of Bridgewater on 14. Ben Bamman of Bitten on 12. Uh, and then three players on ten, so they've all reached double figures. We've got Callum Demke of Westbury, uh, Windsor and Mortimer, who, yeah, we've obviously... Uh, Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. And also, um, it's a vintage edition of the uh, the bulletin, an abs- absolutely fantastic read, full of um, facts and figures. So, fantastic. Uh, so, congratulations on that. And that is available on the Toolstation Western League website, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. That was yeah uploaded on Sunday, and uh, yeah. It's, uh Along the tabs, along the top, uh, and on the homepage. So yeah, that should be should be plenty easy to find on the on the website. Excellent stuff. And um, also, have you penned your column for this week's non-league paper? Indeed, yeah, that should be in the usual step five six section. Uh, a couple hundred words on the uh, premier, the five Premier Division matches. So yeah, that should should be in there. And uh, yeah, looking back on uh, the, the weekend fixtures. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Have a good have a good week and have a good weekend and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.